the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back for hour two as it gets colder and colder out there, down to 25 in Aurora. Still a little warmer in hell, 27 degrees in Denver, but uh, it ain't getting better. High tomorrow of 15, heading to the uh, motorcycle swap meet with, I think, one of the grandkids and his dad and a friend or two. No riding. <laughs> Sometimes we get to ride to that thing, yes, even in January. Because if it's chilly, you know, if you're going to a motorcycle swap meet, man, you just leather up and you go. But uh, it looks like light snow, very cold, 15 for the high. No, no, I won't be. uh, What's that overnight? My goodness, 2 degrees overnight tonight. 12 on Monday, 27 Tuesday, back in the 40s by the end of the week. So there is hope. But, man, during the break, I could not believe the breaking news. These job numbers are extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you, Corinne Jean-Pierre. We're seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. Did you hear that? We're seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. <laughs> it's not edited. She said. We're seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. Seeing almost 11 jobs created under this president. Oh, my goodness. In about 10, 15 minutes, we'll be talking with Mike Lindell. He was running for RNC chair, spent several days out there with us at Dana Point, along with Harmie Dillon. And, uh, of course, Ronna McDaniel emerged the victor. The final vote count was 111 for Ronna, 51 for Harmie, 4 for Mike Lindell, and one, one vote for Lee Zeldin, who was uh, – who. I don't know. He might have done very, very well had he decided to get into that race. Uh, He called me uh, before the decision needed to be made and when he was thinking about it, and I know talked to a lot of people, decided not to do it. But uh, interesting that one of our members decided to uh, make sure that his name was still – now, he wasn't even nominated, so if if he'd have somehow won, it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think. uh, It just doesn't work under the rules couple of things that you have to hear. I'll probably play them every single time I'm on the radio. My show, filling in for Backbone Radio or Morning Drive, Afternoon Drive, anybody, anytime, you have to remember this. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Yeah. Yeah, it was important in 2008, and uh, it has continued to be important for Democrat victories. And then there's this one, and man, oh, man, it does seem like Kevin McCarthy is keeping his promises. There will be investigations. There must be investigations, including of this guy. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I didn't shut down anything. You just have to hear this often. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. I didn't shut down anything. Isn't that remarkable? Just remarkable. One of the things I definitely want to spend some time with you, and I will say, if you're just joining the show, I I know that Tyree Nichols is 
you know, like the top story. Um, people are mobbing up. And uh, from what I understand, from what I read, no Internet on the airplane. I had two full hours. I was going to watch the Tyree Nichols video carefully, uh, take notes about it if it seemed appropriate, load up some audio for the radio show and, and all of the things that you like to do before coming in here and spending some time with you. And we had about seven minutes of Internet. And apparently everything was working up front for the pilot, though, because he had to try and land twice. The first time as he got, as we were right over the ground, I could see the runway out my window. And he took off and went around because he said he couldn't see the runway. It was so foggy and thick out there. And then uh, if you weren't here in the first hour, I told the story they wouldn't let me out because uh, I backed up like two inches. I went too far past the machine. So I backed up about two inches so I could insert my ticket and my card, and it freaked out. said I was the wrong lot. I didn't belong there. Then it reset. I went ahead and stuck my ticket in there, and it ate it. So I had to pull up to where I could just crawl out of the car, get the door open enough to crawl out, go get some help. The guys came over, retrieved my ticket. They were able to find it based on I told them when I pulled in, and it has license number on it. Made me go around to the window, and... uh, You know, I had to back out real carefully. There were a lot of folks leaving and get over to the cash window, the live person window. And it took this very nice, barely speaking English lady over 15 minutes to figure out how to run my ticket and get me the heck out of there. Man, I was irritated, especially because I had a radio show to do and to prepare for. But one thing I did have time to do when I got here was to break down for you the just the incredible I use that word too much, but the um, it ought to be on every station round the clock right up there with Tyree Nichols. It won't be because there's an agenda behind the promotion of I mean, if these were white cops, it would be racism, racism. In fact, we've got morons on the left who are legitimately trying to argue or literally trying. It's not legitimate. It's nonsense. It's political-driven nonsense. Arguing that when black officers injure or kill a black suspect or defendant, that that's also racism. That's part of white supremacy. And so it's bizarre what they will do to jump backward through fiery hoops to try and keep their narratives alive. Fortunately, so many in America see it for the nonsense it is. But I wish I had been able to watch the tapes carefully because one thing, two things I wondered, did he actually swerve the car at the cops? Is that why they were so agitated? Because you don't normally show up, you know, with that kind of heat and drag somebody out of the car just because they were driving like a fool. So what did he do to tick them off? Not not as a justification, this young man should be alive. But then I did wonder, I've seen enough of the clips as they fly by on TV, you know, glancing up or whatever, that he, he was struggling all the time. He was not, from what I could tell, he was not complying. Roll over. Look, I tell this to when, when I speak to groups of kids, high schoolers, when parents come in with their kids, somebody's been in trouble. We have the talk about, you know, don't talk. If you're accused of something, ask for your parents, ask for your lawyer, but follow directions. Don't fight with the cops. You can't win. 
the time to fight if there's an injustice is afterwards when you've got a lawyer, when you've got a judge, when you've got media that might be interested if something bad happened or whatever. Don't fight with those people. It sounds like they've disbanded the Scorpion crime unit in Memphis. And really, I mean, I I guess they know. They know what they need to do for their city. And, uh, and maybe I, I just don't believe in feeding the mob. These mobs show up. They threaten to tear down cities. I know they shut down a main highway in and out of Memphis. You don't give in to that. You can't. People violating the law does not justify law-breaking on a mass scale, impacting the lives of thousands or hundreds of thousands of innocent people just living their lives, going about their business. It can't work that way in a civilized society. So they shouldn't be permitting that. And maybe it's the right thing to do to shut down the Scorpion crime unit or not. I don't know enough about that either. But if you're doing it as a reaction to the mob, remember, this mob nonsense was started by Barack Hussein Obama. He made race. He, he created the divisions that have just fragmented this country. And, and it was a goal, not a result, not an accident. It was a goal. It's what George Soros prosecutors try to do. It's what Antifa rioters and murderers and property destroyers try to do. And we can't just cave into it because there was a horrific bit of behavior by police. Those cops were fired. In fact, I heard on the, our news, two more cops were, I think, are suspended and under investigation, probably for not stopping what was going on. But those cops were fired. Boom. Out. Not only were they fired, but now they've been charged with murder. And if what I have read about the videos that I just have not seen in enough detail to really comment on is true, very likely to be convicted. So the system is working. We don't need the race baiters like Al Not-So-Sharpton and that lawyer who has enriched himself on these tragedies who who made a hero, a national hero, a gold-plated coffin and procession comparable to what Elvis Presley received when he died for George Floyd, the meth addict. We can't just allow that to happen without pushing back because it's part of a plan, it's part of a takedown, and it's wrong. It is morally wrong, it is legally wrong, and I, for one, I'm not going to be quiet about it. But I don't know how I wandered off into that since I really decided I shouldn't be talking about it tonight since I haven't seen all the videos. I think I started by talking about Pfizer and the fact that it should be right up there with this Tyree Nichols story. What appears to be gain-of-function research, live animal research, strengthening the viruses so they can test different versions of their vaccine, their so-called vaccines, their treatments, before putting, bringing them to market, all exposed by Project Veritas. And um, we had time to, for Lewis to cut up 
I don't know, four or five clips of that. And then this executive, this this high person, uh, high-level person, Jordan Tristan Walker, the director of research and development, strategic operations, and mRNA scientific planning. Hear me again. Jordan Tristan Walker, director of research and development, strategic operations, and mRNA scientific planning for Pfizer. When he found out that all of his statements, and there's a good nine or ten minutes out there, you should really find it and listen to it all. If you want it, send me a text on the 710 KNUS app or email me at rbcforcolorado at gmail.com. Or wake, well, there's a bunch of ways to reach me, but you, you should see it. It is extraordinary what this man exposed. And Pfizer's response was pretty. Pretty lame, pretty darn lame. But after we share the the few minutes of that audio that we plucked out that will tell the story for you, when he's confronted, when James O'Keefe walks out and says, smile, you're on candid camera, he freaks out. He practically destroys the restaurant. He goes for the iPad and smashes it, thinking that somehow that's going to get rid of of his recordings. He claims I was on a date. I was just bragging. You will have to hear this audio. It's extraordinary. And we'll get to it before this show ends. But right now we need to get to our next break because when we return, the one and only founder of my a pillow, super patriot, heat seeking missile, unsuccessfully ran for chair of the RNC. Mike Lindell will join us next here on 710 KNUS. We're back at 624 on a cold Saturday night. Quite a change after the week in Dana Point. Trying to replace the RNC leadership. And, uh, man, it was a valiant effort. Harmeet Dillon was involved. Our next guest was involved. People were down there shaking hands and, and talking about why it was needed and reminding all of the 168 that that is what the people were clamoring for. And uh, frankly, I, I really thought that the vote would be closer than it was. Ronna McDaniel pretty well cleaned up and, in fact, increased the support that she had claimed to have at the beginning of the race. She said she had about 100 of the members, needed only half of the 168 in order, well, half plus one of the 168 in order to win. So, uh, you know, we back to the drawing board, but uh, I'll tell you what, really grateful for the men and women who supported the candidates who stepped up and uh, nobody put in a stronger effort than our very next guest, the founder, the creator of my pillow and the heat seeking missile for Liberty. My friend, Mike Lindell, Mike, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks Randy. Thanks for squeezing in some time. And, um, I saw some of the videos of some of your interactions with reporters there and the one that you prayed for. I def <laughs> definitely want to talk about that before we let you go. We won't keep you too long. I know it's a Saturday no, night. No, I'm, I'm fine. I have, I, have, I have plenty of time. Very good. So I guess first, just your thoughts. Um, certainly didn't go the way that you wanted, uh, didn't go the way that all of the folks who were supporting either you or Harmeet Dillon wanted it to go. 
Um, looking back now, what do you think? I I think uh, there's so much goodness that's coming out of this. Um, I know it's probably uh, um, I I don't know how to put, let's start let's start with um, uh, you know God told me to run and I ran. He didn't say I was going to win, but he said to run and uh, and and I ran and there was um, just there were miracles along the way leading up to this week. But this week it really unfolded. I um, I met with uh, so many there, and I was able to talk to them about the real problem. The real problem is uh, going to paper ballots hand counted. I don't care what anybody ever says. That is it. That's what the people want. They want our election platforms fixed. Now there's major problems which in the RNC with with hiring out for vendors. These are in just different things you could silo out each one and make it better and you could and i also met with people that i that other one of the 168 were uh have been upset with and uh with and those people and i direct frank conversations with them one was almost an hour argument and uh i think we came to a middle ground i actually met that person on the the last day i stayed i stayed very late meeting people on uh friday night um but here's what i here's see um this had the rasmussen report not came out on friday or on thursday i'm sorry thursday that was very key for me anyway um that report came out and it said mike lindell had double almost double the other two and that includes harmeet and by the way i view harmeet as i would uh i would rather have an outsider another candidate i i um, she was. She's not behind the direct problem too facing our country. I had a conversation with her, and so and she's within the. Um, um, I found out she's the one that didn't want to uh, doesn't believe Carrie Lake that we can win down in uh, down in Arizona. And uh, I got in a, I go no, you're wrong. And I said, what are you going to say when we win? Because I'm putting up the I put up the money. And she says, well, I'll say I'm wrong. And and she gives me this speech about the typical lawyer speech I get from people going, well, you know, if you do stuff, you can get sanctioned. Or, uh, well, you know what? We're, it doesn't matter at this time in our country. We're going to lose our country. And you know what? My lawyers that I have are fighting hard and they're charging forward. And some have been sanctioned. But, uh, you know, I was watching a show today on TV and they said, you know what? It's just getting old. We just feel like this guy said, I just feel like giving up. But that's what the media wants us to do. And when you've seen the media there, when I went back there to that media, the day before the Huffington Post did a, said something, uh, it was, I was doing an uh, interview, or I guess we were doing a little debate without the other two candidates. And, uh, and he, he, he was smart aleck, and he said, what's the promo code? And I made, right in the middle there, I made a big, <laughs> a big deal of it. I said, this guy, we have something so important going on in our country, this election. And this guy's over here being as typical, let's do a hit job on Mike Lindell. So as you've seen, I, I did. I prayed for him. I prayed that right in front of all the media, I broke into a prayer. I said, you guys need prayer. We need to pray that the media's hearts are changed, that these journalists become journalists. Uh, we need to play the judges, become judges, and don't have fear anymore. But I will say this. When that Rasmussen report came out, um, the people, the precinct people, there are two things that happened. That and the, when the precinct people endorsed me 
everybody got thousands of emails or hundreds, I guess, that per person. Or you know, Randy, I don't know if you got any, but oh yeah, but they, the common the common theme that they said was that came to my room. They go, Mike, we're your people that sent out emails. They were so cordial and they were just saying how you how you could change this and uh, and how you could improve it. They weren't bashing the other two people. And, um, well, first of all, I didn't tell those people to do that. And uh, these are the people in the country. And it wasn't just Mike Lindell supporters. So that Rasmussen poll was huge. It went across all lines, a 1,000 people. And Rasmussen is a very trusted poll. So with that being said, all that did, it was, a, it was to me, it was a beautiful thing that happened there. Ronald McDaniel publicly said a week before, I will work with Mike Lindell. I, I, I'm looking forward to working with Mike Lindell. Well, when you make that comment, Randy, when you work with Mike Lindell, what do you think you're going to be working on? Election <laughs> integrity. Yeah. Okay? And Harmeet told me straight out she would not do that. Um, so that was a – so in a way I'm going, you know um, – and I, I'm just putting it out there because I wasn't happy that uh, that she uh, – that she doesn't that he she had that attitude not even being open to it and she's the lawyers advising rana from within the rnc now what do i see as the great thing that happened now the public out the social media has blown up i don't know if you've been getting letters but it's blown up and the people are upset and i can go out there now if rana i i, I call on the 168 if they want this amended um Call, tell Rana, I want a phone call. If she wants to call me, say, hey, Mike, here's what I'd like you to do. You probably, you know, more on each state and overall. I have stuff in every single state, um, um, state by state, and the country as a whole, what's going on and where help could be needed. She says she has an election committee or whatever. I've forgotten more about this election stuff than they'll ever know. Here you go. You know, I would love to come in and help and then tell the people, hey, it might not be the leadership we wanted, but they're open to listening now. They're open to listening to the people. And, you know, that's that's what I'm saying, Randy. I, I think it's a great opportunity here. Yeah, I've, I've really tried to, you know, people are so angry, and I've had thousands of messages on social media. The emails continued, and so many saying, you know, I'm done with the party. I'm not sending another dollar uh, and all of those kinds of things. And, and I know, you know, people always walk away from a lost election uh, with that kind of anger. But um, we got important business to conduct. We've got these off-year elections where Republicans typically can, can do well in city councils and school boards and elsewhere, and then a major presidential election just around the corner. So we've got to yep. keep fixing. We can't walk away. And one thing, you know, I'm only a couple years on the committee, but I would have – I actually said – after my first couple of meetings, that we had maybe 20, 25 percent grassroots people working their way into that committee. Over a third of the committee voted for someone other than the established leader uh, and did. Right. And many of us did so publicly and, and announced it beforehand. And so, you know, it's progress when you're trying to turn the, the Titanic. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen. It's a matter of degrees, not, uh, you know, 90 degrees or 360s. And a lot of people never right. knew about that poll either, Mike. Rasmussen came out and, 
15% of likely Republican voters supported Ronna McDaniel for another term. 30% supported you. 20% Harmeet. 15% who didn't support any of the three. And 21% are undecided. Why did that take so, Why did they do that so late? Well, I'm not, I don't own Rapp. Yeah, and, no, I know. And, uh, I... You know. And then people were asking me of the 168. They go, well, Mike, you got into this late. I said, no, I didn't. I was the first one in. I got in on November 27th. Carmeet didn't come in until almost uh, December 10th. And I said, and they go, really? Everyone was surprised. And I go, that's a fact. I said, I wasn't given my stuff from the RNC, phone numbers and stuff, until mid-December. I sat and had to do diligence from the outside looking in, talking to Tommy Hicks, the co-chair, learning what it would take. But I announced, uh, and that was mid-November, and then I announced in later November, but I, I just want to say this. The, the RNC, they can, I don't believe, I believe that they, if they don't do something right now uh, with what happened there, I, those donors are not going to donate. Um, John Rich got there and said he has 50,000 or 50 million conservatives, is what he said. He's going to tell not to donate. He, say, he, did, he said that publicly there. He flew there to say that if they didn't, if they didn't do new leadership. Now, I believe the opportunity here is, the 168 hold Rob, hold Rhonda, um, Rhonda to her promise and bring in the thing. Let me tell you something, whether you're, whether you believe it or not, but, uh, most about, I'd say a third of those, um, um, 168 believe it. And a lot of them I've had conversations. I'm flying to six different States, which I never thought I'd be flying to. And they want to work with me within their own state. Cause I had the answers within their own state of their election, uh, processes call it. We are so far advanced in so many different areas where you got Arkansas, the whole state could go machine free. Cleborne County went machine free about a week and a half ago. Alabama, we just, they just dropped Eric. I'm meeting with them. I'm going to meet with that Secretary of State. Met with the Missouri. I'm flying there. We have over, I believe Missouri will be a prototype to the country being machine free. If we, the, the RNC, did not I told them all you can't outvote computers you can't out but you can't out campaign them you can't outdo anything um, so all of these things if we don't keep getting rid of but the good news is we're two years ahead of this we're two years ahead we've been working on this for two years I can tell you progress in every single state every single state I know you sitting um, you're in Colorado I believe right yes yeah you're in Colorado you guys are the you guys probably have done more things there in Colorado, but you're in the you're in the bitter fight there. There's other states where, and like same way with Michigan, you guys are in bitter fights in Arizona. I'm talking; these other states are going to get there sooner because you have you don't have the Republican blockers um, um, that you do in a lot of these other states, like Michigan, or I mean, like uh, in Wisconsin and Georgia. You have Republican blockers there, and you, you're not get, we're not getting around Robin Voss or Brad Rassenberger. Uh, well, although we did have a big win in, in Michigan, or I mean in Georgia, where the Supreme Court ruled uh, in Georgia ruled unanimously to get to, that people have standing in these in these things. So this is a big thing. The RNC, I believe that they together internally that they can fix all these things that were exposed, like when Red getting too much money and. And donors, when that guy announced that, that, oh, it was they're proud of 36% or whatever it was for cost, that's too high. And I think the 168 need to hold them accountable for that to get that done around. 
10 to 20 percent. That's way too high. You shouldn't get that much money as a fundraiser to go to the same people. Although now it might be a lot of work, Randy. Now they might actually have to go out and really tell them what, you know, go to a big donor and say, I know we failed in the past, but here's how we can get to, here's how we're going to win this time. If that doesn't include, we're, got, we, we're working with Mike Lindell, we're working with the people of the grassroots to get these election platforms right it again. Get them to get, you know, whether it's early voting, whether it's mail-in voting. She got up there on the stage and said, we've been working on this. We have a signature thing we fought up in Washington State. They've never, they haven't been in the big fight. They've been sitting on the fringes outside looking in, afraid of their own shadow. And uh, they can't, can't, we can't have it. We do have elections. We have this year, you know, you go down to Louisiana where uh, Jeff Landy running for governor. Down there in Louisiana, we're fighting there. There's so many great things that are going to come out of Louisiana. And, uh, and he'll win that by a landslide. But um, these, each, each state has to be focused on different things, but, but within their laws to get, and, and the laws that were broken. So let's not forget about all the Constitution that was broken in the 2020 election by Secretary of State. And now they're turning them into laws. It's uh, status quo laws. It's disgusting. Yeah, and slowly, and people don't realize how slow the court system works, and uh, and how long it's taken to find a court that would allow citizens to have standing in a in an election lawsuit, or to push back right. on the on the um, you know extending voting uh, voting by days and not requiring signatures on envelopes or poor signature matching. All of those most basic things that are, and and it's not just Mike Lindell, and it's not just the RNC. There are groups around the country that are. Oh, they're doing great. Yeah, it, it is really, really terrific. Well, the one thing that we know for sure is that the eyes of the nation, for maybe the first time, certainly I've never paid attention to an RNC chair race before, um, were were right there, and that creates the opportunity for pressure, for influence, and for change. And we're all going to hold Ronald McDaniel accountable. Have to. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's, it's the, the 160, you know, the people are holding the 168 uh, and then to hold Rana in, uh, to it. I've, uh, I expect a call from her. She said this publicly, and all I want is to, the RNC to be aware and to educate. I'll go to each one of them and educate them what's going on in their state. I'll fly to every state, sit down with the three of them and say, here's where your concerns are. And they can argue back and forth or whatever. That's fine. But they, but they can't just listen to these lawyers there that don't, that they don't know um, everything that's going on particularly. Let's see, I mean, I use Arizona for an example. We've got a lot of resources and time and everything. And that that appeal starts this Monday, everybody, and we plan on winning the Cary Lake appeal. And we'll go, oh, that's a long shot. That's long. Well, then why are we in this fight if we're just going to say the whole thing is a long shot? Well, we're up against the media. We're up against everything. You have to fight on every front. The Democrats have been doing it for years. Mark Elias uh, litigates in yep. ev- every state and uh, over races. Heck, there was a uh, there was a race early on in the in all of the voting machine stuff where a, a Democrat lost and Mark Elias claimed that the machines had flipped the race. I mean, it's of course, they'll take any side yeah. of, of any story. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good well, things coming. People don't recognize well, all the work that's going right, on right. behind the scenes. That's right. Here's the everybody can really understand this. And, Randy, I don't know if I had a chance to tell you there, but 
as the week progressed, I had at one night, the one night I had probably went, I think there was 70 people that came to my room total. Uh, the other night was a little lower, but I talked to a lot on the last night uh, individually too at the restaurant we met. Well, here's what I want to say. Here, here's a perfect example for all the listeners out there too. Everyone in the RNC of the 168, almost all of them knew about Gmails. That 90% of the uh, of the um, of the the Gmails for the RNC when they would go to fundraise each month, Google was sending them into spam. Uh, you know that, Randy, right? Yes. At the end of the month, yeah, they okay. they funnel a bunch. Right at the end of the yep. month. So they would. So everybody listened to this closely, and uh, um, so they sent them into spam. Now we don't even know what Microsoft was doing, in the, but Google is thirty three, thirty six percent of all your emails. Now, Google, crooked Google, sending them into spam. So what did the RNC do? They all got together and going. And I don't know how long it took to find this out. Somebody, somebody should have been looking for deviations every day, like we do at my pillow. Every single day, I can tell you, if one of my email platforms or one of my text platforms, if you don't get the return on investment, there's something wrong. So anyway, so somebody finally found it. Now, Rhonda McDaniel, this is what I've heard now, she had to argue with the lawyers, to argue with the lawyers of whether or not to go after Google. And you shouldn't have to argue. You need to go, you need to go get those you need to get them back right away. And when they finally did go after Google, voila, their emails are going. That's their, that's their platform. All the hard work the re, or the resources you pay for those emails, you pay, you pay to do email blasts and text marketing and all this stuff. So all this going out, what did they do? That was a computer, everybody, that did one press of a button and tr- could destroy a company, i.e. the um, – my pillow, like it was my pillow, or the RNC. Now the RNC could have got destroyed by that. They couldn't. They couldn't continue to go with you're not getting what you need. The funny after you're putting in these resources. Now, how hard is that to wrap your head around our elections? I mean, it's just it baffles my mind. Going, gee, we lost five in a row, and we've done everything right. All the polls say different than what should have happened. What? Huh? I wonder what's wrong. <laughs> and and you know it's just it, it defies logic. I argue with some guy, Randy. It was uh, it was the ex chair of Arizona, and he actually was part of the audit, or he might have been the ex chair of RNC. I don't know, but he's a guy from Arizona, and he was part of the big Arizona audit. But him and I got in an argument in my room about uh, the Kerry Lake race, and he goes, he goes, Kerry should have, she should have been more. Uh, um, talking more about the establishment stuff and not just focused on the on elections and the wall and stuff like that. And I'm going, uh, I said, do you know that was the biggest, that, that deviation's even bigger than anything. I said, you do know your auditor, your treasurer, got a quarter million more votes than Gary Lake. Has that ever happened? And you know what he said to me? He goes, it's never happened in history. It's never happened in the history of the United States, ever, ever anybody. That would tell you that they didn't, you didn't like Carrie Lake so much. You voted every other Republican on the ticket, and then you really, and then you went to a Katie Hobbs. This is just bizarre. Yeah, the um, and, and we need to leave it there because we're up against a break. But I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the I my t- I loved my time with Carrie Lake at the RNC. First time I've been around her personally. The most right. dynamic candidate in the country. 
Uh, and right. she created that energy, that enthusiasm, and uh, the voter turnout because she stayed focused on the things that matter to Arizonans. And, and candidates yeah. need to remember that, and we need to hold them accountable mm-hmm. to, to do it, to, to, be, to exercise our voice through their voice, period. Absolutely, so, Randy, yeah. Hey, thanks for taking some time out tonight. Really do appreciate it. It was good to see you and Dana Point, and uh, I know yeah. you're going to be popping up everywhere because that's what heat-seeking missiles do. Well, and I just want to tell you, everybody, keep the faith. Good things came out of that. And uh, you've got to look, the, as, as this week progresses, I'm going to do videos out there. that, And it, we held, they're, they're going to be held accountable, and uh, it's going to be good. It really is, kind of like uh, Kevin McCarthy. Good came out of that, too. And it's yeah. Clear. We're yeah. getting there. We're it's, getting there, Randy. We're getting there. It's slow and sure. God bless you, sir. Yeah, God bless. All yeah. right. There you go. We do have to jump to that break. We are way, way late at 646. You're listening to 710 KNUS. We're back at 651. And uh, very excited to take just a few minutes to update this incredible journey of the son of one of my very best friends. His name is Malachi O'Brien, affectionately known as Dr. Run, who's running his heart out, and he joins us now. Malachi, welcome back. Randy, thanks for having me back. Hopefully you don't hear the wind in the background. I'm still actually finishing today's run. I am almost done, so we're good. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you're allowed to, t- to pause, right? I mean, that's the thing about a marathon. You can you got to complete it within a certain amount of time. Exactly. I have to finish every daily marathon by 11.59 p.m. So that doesn't matter. How, listen, a a 15-minute mile and a 5-minute mile are still the same distance. So I, <laughs> I just have to finish by 11.59, and I'm almost done. So today is going to be number 114, 20-what, 6-plus-mile marathons in a row every single day. Every single day, we're we're pushing on three thousand miles, almost cumulatively. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's kind of euphoric now where it is, and and I honestly don't even know how long I'll go. I just I kind of judge that day by day, but I feel great. I mean, obviously today was a little interesting. I mean, today was a little when I started, but right now as I'm finishing, I feel phenomenal. Yeah, you. I saw on Twitter when I reached out to see if you want, had time to update us real quick tonight that. Uh, that you actually got up, didn't feel well, went back to bed for a couple of hours, but said, that regardless of how my body feels, my brain is telling us we're going to go run. Absolutely. I don't negotiate with myself. I'll fix my feelings. I'll go out and do it. <laughs> so we did. We did. And we're almost done. And hopefully that encourages everybody that's listening to your show. You know, whenever we encounter hard things and we don't feel like doing something, uh, our mind uh, is so much stronger than our body to push through the difficult times. For people who haven't heard your story before, why don't you give a quick synopsis on why you're putting yourself through this and uh, and losing every bit of body fat that you ever, ever had? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so honestly, I have two major causes I'm, I'm running to raise awareness for. That is youth mental health and that is adoption. Obviously, those are two near and dear issues to our family. Um, the idea got spawned about a year ago. Um, I was I was actually doing a free Tony Robbins seminar, and then uh, through his invite, I attended one of his Unleash the Power Within seminars and got this idea about taking massive action now towards something that's big. And so I just, I'm a runner, and I happened to come across the story of a lady that 
was running, and I said, I wonder what the men's record is. And I looked up the men's record on Guinness and got a little men's record. Significantly less than the women's record. So I applied. Months later, Guinness accepted, and I said, I said, all right, we're going to run a marathon distance every single day uh, and break the men's record. And then we ended up breaking the women's record. And uh, now we're setting you know, new records every day. And it's really important that you broke the men and women's record because, since everyone's so gender fluid these days. Exactly. You, you, <laughs> exactly. Just, you just never know really what your competition is going to be. Exactly. And now here's something. I had a gentleman from India, believe it or not, that was DMing me on Instagram. He was like three weeks behind me. He For about a month and a half every day, and I, and I was grateful for it. I'm, I'm encouraged by anyone that's doing this. But I did notice earlier this week that he stopped at 82. So there's no one chasing me from behind that I know of, and there's no one in front of me that I know of. I know the gentleman in England, to the best of my knowledge, the gentleman in England that did something pretty remarkable wasn't doing it for a Guinness record. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, is he still running, or has he come to a stop? Do you know? The guy, the guy in England's done, and the guy in India's done. And so I'm just trying every day to find my own limits. I, I put them out on Twitter a few weeks ago, uh, and, and hopefully this relates to your listeners. For anything that they're going after, I said, listen, I don't have time to run a marathon every day. I have a reason to run a marathon every day. Mm, yeah. You know, when you, when you figure out your why, uh, the how will come to you, and you'll be able to overcome any single obstacle that comes your way. Well, it, it's it's just tremendous mental will um, on your part. When you were in Colorado, you were running when it was 18 below up in the mountains. Uh, today you woke up sick and and uh, and got a little extra sleep and then came out late, but you're pushing through again. I just saw a video of, of you running by that you posted uh, about two hours ago. And yep. uh, you're, you told me in, in an earlier interview that you're having to eat, what, 4,000 or 4,500 calories a day just to avoid losing any more weight. Exactly. I've lost all the weight I can afford to lose. I've lost, I mean, so basically 4,500 calories a day. I need to be a little more intentional about the kind of calories I'm getting, but I'm, I've, I'm, you know, 10% body fat. I've lost 30 pounds. I can't afford to lose any more, but right now I'm, I'm holding steady. Uh, but I mean, I've, I've got a fire in my soul every day to get up and do this. So I'll continue tomorrow. will be number 115. I know at least I will do one more. I know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're doing tomorrow and that's all you've got. Right. And then tomorrow you'll decide about the next day. Absolutely. And, and, you know, honestly, you know, it's not just the food that I'm eating. It's the content that I'm consuming, the podcast and stuff. I mean, if your listeners want to go to the next level in the area of their life, it's we're, we're, lo- we're not getting yeah. you. We're not getting you clearly. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Got about okay, 30 sorry. seconds. Okay. Randy, I'm just excited that we get to update your listeners on this. And I really do hope that it encourages them that, you know, even when they look at the nation and all that you talk about on your show, that we can, we can win our nation back. No matter what it takes, we can press through. We want it more than the other side that doesn't want it. We do. You're, uh, you're helping children. You're demonstrating that it's mind over matter. You're giving all the glory to God. And is there a website or anywhere that people can monitor your progress? I would tell them to go to my Twitter page, which is at Malachi O'Brien, or my Instagram feed, at Malachi O'Brien, and they'll find all the links there and more information. I've done podcasts. Obviously, I've been on your show. I've done John Gordon and at several other shows are forthcoming. Eric Jackson's show is forthcoming. So um, I'm just excited to do this, and I'm doing to serve and encourage others. How many more miles you got tonight? 
I got one more mile. My oh, friend. One man. More mile. <laughs> well, well, thanks for pausing to uh, give us some time here in Denver. Go get your run done and then have a good night home with that wonderful family of yours. God bless you. We appreciate you God so bless. much. Thank you so much. Take care. That's Doc Malachi O'Brien, Dr. Run, marathon 114 in a row. Just extraordinary. All right. Well, final hour of the show is ahead. Looking forward to our conversation with Harmeet Dillon. A listener asked me to ask her about Mike Lindell's comment that she uh, want, wanted to pull out of or isn't interested in pursuing down there in Cary, in uh, Cary Lakeland, Arizona. I think we'll do that. And we are absolutely going to share with you this amazing, should be front page news everywhere you go, Pfizer expose another project veritas uh sudden hit and man when this guy found out he lost it and you'll hear it all next if you stay right here on 710 knus three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.